Hello, friends, and welcome to Defining Marriage International Episode Volume 2. I'm Matt Baum, of course, here to talk to you about marriage equality with James from across the planet. Hi, James. You're a rooster. Oh, oh, a sinister, a sinister Robin Hood rooster. Is this your way of letting me know that you're a furry now that now that I'm gone, you're a furry? I have been wearing ears and no pants, uh, which is actually true. I am, I have ears and I'm wearing no pants. But Matthew, that's not the Robin Hood Nick theme. No, that is, if you speed it up. It's the hamster dance. And you are in hamster dance. Oh, I'm in hamster dance. I see. That took a few, took a few jumps for me to get there, but uh, I got there eventually. Yes, I amsterdam. That's the saying here for tourists. Uh, New Amsterdam, they, yes. They, there's a giant. So I went to the, uh, oh, I'm going to mispronounce it, the Rijksmuseum, the Rijksmuseum. It's the Rijksmuseum, mm. I think. Uh, okay. It's very beautiful, gorgeous, ancient castle type building. And oh my God, it's like a main bike thoroughfare that goes mm. through the museum. There's oh. like an, a giant, beautiful archway. It looks like something from Game of Thrones. It's beautiful archway. And you pedal your bicycle into the archway, and suddenly you're inside the interior of the castle, and you're pedaling through on this sort of like driveway thing, and then you come out the other side, and it's just gorgeous. Anyway, so I went there, and everything's old and beautiful, Uh, but Mm. then right outside... Like me. Yes, old and beautiful. You are the... uh, I don't know why I was going to say Gloria Steinem. That's not who I meant. Who's the woman from Sunset Boulevard? Uh, What's her name? Oh, no. Gloria Vanderbilt. Nope, that's a real no. person, but it's not her. Not Jennifer Glowfish. Nope, that's not no. a real person. What's her name? What's her name? Sunset Boulevard starring Monica Lewinsky. No, that's yep. also a real person, I but not would, her. I would be first in line to see that revival. Famed, Let's revive Monica Lewinsky. That, that was bag designer, yeah. That, yes, those were better days, oddly enough. They were. They were. Gosh, but, how but who I was in Sunset days. Boulevard? Oh, God, it was Glenn Close as... Close? Oh, gosh, as Divine Mangela. Not Divine, Divine Mangela. Mangela. No, what's her name? Oh, Gloria Clamps... Oh, Clendanteram. I'm back to Clendanteram. I'm back to Clendanteram. She never really left us. Who was I trying to remember when I said that? Was it uh, Lily, Lily Tomlin? Tomlin. Yes. Yep. That was uh, Clintantaramp. I, I feel like it's a Gloria. Is it a Gloria? It was not. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted. To, I, I I kind of wanted to pursue that line of questioning, but it would just take us too far afield. Gl- gl- Gloria. Oh, but you're back I, to I, it. So good. I, I really want to feel you, Gloria. No. I don't remember her you name do or feel the her. song. No. Uh, Gloria, I just keep coming back to Gloria Steinem. Why do I think that it's Gloria Steinem? It definitely is Well, because there isn't. was a silent movie actress who I think you're trying to reference because oh. the, the movie and the show references her, but it's it, it's not her. Gloria Gloria Goodenough? Nope. Gloria nope. Gaynor? Nope. Well, what are you working on now? Are you working on the real-life person who is one of many inspirations, or are you wor- working on the character? I think I want to get to the character. I want to get to the might. character. Yeah. She says, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. She, she is... Oh, shoot. And she's got she a, a butler named Max, I think. She has Max the butler. He's he's referenced in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. He's got maximum butt. 
he's oh what is her name what is her name it starts with a man floating in a swimming pool uh yes. f felt your bottoms a felt your bottoms a felt your bottoms a felt isn't that a bottoms. beautiful name for a woman that is going to be the title of my first romance novel. <laughs> felt, felt your bottoms. <laughs> no, it's uh oh shoot. I, um click is there a C? I feel like there's a hard C. I think you're the hard C. <laughs> uh, it, it uh does not have a hard C. Shoot. Uh what about a soft S or I mean a, a, well, I've got a soft S in my pants. What? No. Sure. Oh, no, or? well you better change them. <laughs> you have a roommate over there. How dare you walk around with your soft ass? Oh shoot. I can't believe we're starting. We're starting this week's episode with what's her name? Oh, sure. it's te- Tenebrious Elephant. Nope. It's not Tenebrious Elephant. But gosh, wasn't she beautiful? She that she star of stage and talent. screen. T- t- uh, they old... don't make them like Tenebrious Elephant anymore. She never forgot a face. <laughs> <laughs> and she worked for Peanuts. <laughs> Linus Peanuts. Uh, that's that's the name of the ringmaster. She was she worked in a circus. Sure. She wasn't an actual. She was the elephant. tent. She was the tent. I like you a lot. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Stembly, Stembly, harm, harm, bottoms. No, nope. <laughs> well, back to the bottoms. You have bottoms, bottoms. on the brains. So it's I've not Stembly, harm, bottoms. It's uh, Ella Fitzgerald. No, oh, that's another real person. It's not Ella Fitzgerald. Although, I, again, if we could do a necromantic revival, that's a revival I'd see. Uh, you'd re- you've necromantically revive her. She yes. was uh, a lovely singer. I watched a bunch of Ella Fitzgerald for this week's series of Paris because Justin mm-hmm. Sayer recommended uh, a bunch of Ella Fitzgerald. She's mm-hmm. she's a fun lady to listen to. Sure, uh, but good friends with Tenebrious Elephant. Uh, yes, here now Ella there. and Elephant. They were inseparable. <laughs> yes, she. I wonder if she knew that woman. I've forgotten her name. It's a Ma something who sang the Jelly Roll song. Uh, oh, the Jelly Roll song. That maybe, maybe they were. Uh, ooh, maybe they had a, a rendezvous under the boardwalk. Mm. Okay. Anyway, getting back to the matter at hand. Uh, yeah. Ready for my close up? It's Swanson, Gloria Swanson. That's the. That's a real person. That's not who the movie's about. Oh, fuck. That's I, a real person. That's the I, Gloria that I told you you weren't. That, that was wrong. That's I not the right one. I thought this whole time I was trying You've, to get to her. You went around the world, and you, 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 you can't find your baby. Uh, what's her name? Is there a, is there like a, ch- a ch- ch- cheese Clotilda? <laughs> it's not, it's not cheese Clotilda. What about Harry, um, Birdstock? Harry, Harry, um, Harry um, Birdstock. I not Harriam Birdstock. Not, not a thing. I need a. I need a hint because I was. I was going to Gloria Swanson, and now I'm lost in the the Swanson ready to make meals. Delicious. Oh, they're brownie. <laughs> Heavenly. It's like a molten kiss from a rose on the grave. The name on the grave. The first. I, yeah. Yes, it's a kiss from a rose on the grave. Why did I think it was a kiss from the rose on the brain? <laughs> Isn't that what it sounds like he's saying? <laughs> you're, you're, did you know that when it snows, your eyes become liver? Your yeah, lights No, his become eyes become larger, Matthew, lo- of course. Because he's having a neurological problem. Apparently, he got kissed on the brain. A kiss from the rose on the brain. 
that's that's what a stroke is it's a kiss from a rose on the brain that is a much nicer way to refer to a stroke than than what it actually is and your eyes may become larger that was sung by seal who is married to christy swanson nope christine ebersol nope oh shoot seal is not wait wait you went why did you go to seal that wasn't a hint Oh, 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 I don't know why you thought I was, I don't know why I thought you were trying to get me to seal. Uh, why did you, no. why did you start telling me about the kiss from the rose on the brain? I honestly, now my eyes have become larger than my <laughs> stomach because I don't know what I just ate. But right, I'll tell you hit. this, the name of the woman, Yep. her first name okay. can be a man's name, except with the letter A at the end of it. And... I'm also not completely telling the truth. Orissa? What? Orissa? No, not that. Uh, uh, okay, so I'm thinking through men's names. Marka. No. Johanna. Johanna? Johanna. No. Jo- feel me, Johanna. Uh, okay, <laughs> Billa. Billa Cather. Billa Catheter. That's my drag Billa name. Billa C- Wait, that would actually be a really good drag name. Willa Catheter? It's a, you know, it, 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 <laughs> okay. we can workshop it. Fine. All right. I'd like to see you do better. You're the one who sure. came up with Side of Beef. I didn't. You did. <laughs> okay. Uh, a man's name with an A on the end. Except uh, it's not exactly a man's name. It's a modified. Brianna? Uh, no. Carla? No. Dana. No. Uh, Edwina. No. Fred, Freda. Frida. 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 Uh, Frida A-O-K-O. Frida A-O-K-O? Yes. It sound, that sounds like a brand of beans or something. <coughs> you made me sneeze. Um, Geronimina? Gord. Gordina? I, I, when, this is not helpful. This is the worst thing. You're the, the worst in the night, in yes. the dark of night, in the dark night of the soul, Selena. in Los Angeles, you may yeah. hunger for a slimy Normo ham. Desmond. There you go. Oh, that got you there. That got me there. And the, Yes, James, uh, who wouldn't be, be brought to Norma Desmond when you say, in the still of the night in Los Angeles, you may yes. hunger? Oh well, Norma Desmond, of course. Well, naturally, you just need a big ass go, staircase and uh, and and a gun. We used to go for late night meals at Norms. At a Norms. Gun. What? A staircase and a gun. Oh 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 oh. Yeah, that's a reference to the movie, not a reference to Norms. For heaven's well, sake, I mean, it could James. be both. Could be. Could be. They should rebrand. So I know Norms was kind of closing some locations. They should rebrand to be Normas and be just okay. a Sunset Boulevard themed diner. Sure, but you know that the kids love Sunset Boulevard. They love the the glamour, the murder, and Glenn Close. <laughs> it's they oh, love goodness. when she fries up a rabbit and, and serves it to a rare bit fiend. That's another that's, thing the kids love: uh, dreams of a rare bit fiend. Sure, of course they do. It's, 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 kids love dreams, don't they? And all your waitresses, all the waitresses are different yeah. Glenn Closes. Some are Albert Nobbs. Some are ah. the Queen. She was the Queen, right? Didn't she do the Queen? Glenn Close? I don't know. Maybe you, you might be thinking of Glenn Coco. Glenn Coco. That's it. I'm thinking of Glenn or Glenda. 
Sure, the original queen. Yes. Uh, Anyway, here I am in Europe making the most of my time. You Uh, certainly are. (laughs) What else Remembering Norma Desmond. The the Reeks Museum. Uh, What else have I seen this? James, it is so pretty here. I bet it is. So pretty. Everything is beautiful. And it's so easy to bike. Unfortunately, that means that a lot of people are biking. And that means that every asshole in the city is on a bicycle. And so... If you thought people are just bad at walking down the street sometimes, oh, man, wait till you put them on two wheels. Yeah. And I, I have to confess, I'm guilty of some bad bicycling while I'm here because I'm still getting the hang of it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of just, like, very, um, I, don't, I don't know, careless or unpredictable or, you know, I don't know if they're tourists or just this is how people bike here. But uh, it's been unpredictable. Here's the problem for me is the traffic signals are in yes. all different places. You never know where you got to look for a traffic signal. Sometimes well, that's, it's a... That's an uh, ARG that they do throughout Europe. ARG? Uh, do you mean it's just like a frustration? Or an alternate reality <laughs> game where you just... <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a frustration. It makes you say ARG. It's an ARG that they do throughout Europe. No, what do you mean? It's an alternate reality game where you're yes. constantly looking for lights? You, you have to figure out the rules of where the traffic signals will be. And if you do, you get to go to a website and uh, you get a lifetime supply of flotsam. Oh, delicious. James, if I send in my URL pass when it's all yes. done, it says, send, send your URL pass back to us, and we'll mail you a free gift. What's what the do gift? you think the gift could be? I've it's deliberately avoided going online. I don't want to know. Listeners, do not send me spoilers. I don't want to know what the gift is. Or even if they're going to be able to send it to America, because that's kind of a lot of shipping. But Maybe. They promised me a gift, so, you know, and for, for all the money they're getting out of me, I better get something good. I mean, you're, you are getting access to an entire continent I suppose for the money you're true. spending. Yes, yes. I, can go, I can go all over the place. Uh, so my rail travel was very nice. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we didn't talk about this because the, um, the last podcast we recorded, I was still in Copenhagen. But, uh, oh, my goodness, the rail travel was like in a movie. Mm. So, like, so there was a murder. I, yes, yes. Uh, there was. Uh, it was the lady on the train, and I was the lady. Uh, the, no, the lady Freud. vanishes. Yes, yes. Froy, you rode on your own ass. This is Froy. I can't believe you remember that. Isn't that charming? You. I know what's her name. I like you a lot, James, and I miss you. Oh uh, no, you don't. You bought a bicycle to replace me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm treating it the way I treat you. I just oh. sit on it all over town. You do uh, Kermit tricks on it. <laughs> ding ding. Yes. Gone uh, with the Schwinn. I was, oh, you know what? I could take my bicycle with me on the train. When I go to Madrid and Paris, I could just bring my bike. Oh, do they have bike storage? Yeah, they have bike cars. So you you can just bring your bike all over Europe. Hmm. So the first first leg of my trip, I didn't realize I had first class tickets. And so I just sat in second class with a bunch of people, uh, like with commoners. And so we all tried to sleep and it was a disaster. And then my alarm, I forgot my alarm was set. So my alarm went off and woke up the whole train. (laughs) So that was great. I caused an international Mm. incident. Uh, then was your alarm sexy back? Yes. Oh God. It was kiss on the brain. Uh, sure. (laughs) It's just a donkey brain. Uh, Oh dear. Yes. Anyway. So then I realized I had first class tickets. And so I went into the first class train and, Oh, that's quite a bit nicer. Mm -hmm. And then on the last leg of my journey, it was like in one of those movies where there's the narrow hallway that runs the length of the train. And then a little compartment's going off the side of it with chairs facing each other. And um, there were very few people on the train, so I could just sit in a cabin by myself and not off to sleep, spread out across all the chairs. It was Ooh. heavenly. And looking out at the countryside, which is gorgeous and green and beautiful. So I had a really nice train experience. Did you end up at Hogwarts? 
It, it looked like that. Okay, so a, a lot of the castles here look like Harry Potter stuff. It's sure. It's very Potter-esque. But I mean, you can, you can literally go to the Harry Potter castles. They're in England. I suppose. Yes, maybe I will, and I'll, I'll declare yeah. myself the king. Yeah, uh, sure. So, uh, no, so I did rail travel, uh, and that's not all I've been doing. I've been doing some, some work while I'm here. Today was a work day, because I spent the last two days exploring Amsterdam, and today I have to sit down and get some, bang out some stuff. I wrote a thing for one of my clients today, and I'm going to do some, some more writing in the evening uh, while I watch the sunset. The sunset is gorgeous here. I'm staying in a place that's on the ninth floor, and we get a beautiful view of a canal and the sunset and, and everything. Uh, Amsterdam is charming the pants off me. My goodness. Oh, and it did. You went to an underwear event. I did. It was gropier than I expected. Mm. I did not realize. So it was at a a place called Church, uh, where I knew that there was, like, dark rooms down below. Uh, I mean, depending on the denomination, you should expect groping at the church. At the church, yes. Uh, And so it was an underwear night, so I was just... uh, milling around and uh i was like okay well downstairs must be for the sex and up here is just like the dancing and stuff then it got crowded and then i got pressed and then i got yanked and pulled and hands went everywhere and so i was like that's that's enough of this place for me uh so was it the end of day of the locust it was um, it was yeah actually that is exactly how i felt donald sutherland's homer simpson i felt exactly like that yes it was alarming uh, but that has not characterized uh, all of my time. And, and I actually got a lot done the first day I was here. I needed to get so much stuff. So I got a SIM card. So now you can call me in the Netherlands from a Netherlands phone number. And I can actually use my roaming data, which I couldn't before. Uh, I got a teacup. I needed a no. cup to, to put my... <laughs> what do I, how could you laugh at a teacup? I needed a cup to put my toothbrush in. And so sure. I was just going to get like a cheap plastic cup or something. But then I was at the I Amsterdam Museum, uh, or mm. the, the, the gift shop at the train station, because I had to go get tickets. And they had these lovely little Van Gogh teacups uh, for only $13. And so I got some oh. tiny little teacups that were perfect for my, for my toothbrush. The toothbrush and you can teacup. wear them uh, on, on your teeth, so they can be teat cups. I think they're intended for, James, what is the coffee drink that you only are allowed to have a very small amount of? Espresso? Is that the one? Uh, well, I mean, allowed by who? Coffee, by the, the magistrate? By, by Mr. Coffee? Uh, oh, Mr. Coffee does enforce very <laughs> harsh very penalties. <laughs> Papers, um, please? I, I mean, I guess espresso is generally consumed in just a little uh, little shot. Right? It's like a little shot. tiny thing. Anyway, so I got yeah. a little tiny thing for my toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, when I'm back home and I ask you for a small amount of coffee, I can say, can I have it in the Van Gogh cup? And I'll no. have it to Van Gogh. And you can give me a proper amount the of sh- coffee. Oh, how dare you? You'll have it to Van Gogh. Uh, <laughs> is it made out of a human ear? <laughs> oh, they do have, they did have ones that were decorated with that, that painting that he did of him with the bandage around his head. Uh, mm. But I didn't get that one. You know, it's just nice flowers. Oh. Do they sell rubber ears? Like wacky, wacky rubber I, ears? I don't know. I've not been to his museum yet. I haven't tried to bicycle um, through it. So maybe, maybe you could just get rubber ears at the museum. That would be lovely. Have you gone round and round in a windmill? There are no windmills in the city that I can tell. Oh. Um, what about I, tulips? I haven't seen any tulips either. Press them uh, together and blow. I, I did steal another um, transit experience. I am now an international criminal. When I was in Copenhagen, I misunderstood how to buy tickets, so I rode a bus for free. And now Mm -hmm. I'm here, and I... Oh, my God. I just wanted to get to my Airbnb, and I'm carrying all of my bags. So I was coming from Copenhagen. And when I'm carrying all of my stuff, it's heavy. Because I've got... Mm. 
a laptop, which is heavy, and uh, it kind of makes me wish I had a, a, one of the Air ones. Um, sure. Also, probably would not be suited to some of the video editing that I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got that. And then I've got a uh, like three different stands for lights and for the microphone. And I've got a day's worth of – I mean a week's worth of clothing. And I've got a lot, uh, bunch of electronics and batteries. I have so many batteries for all the stuff that I'm doing. The mm-hmm. batteries are so heavy. Anyway, so I'm carrying all my heavy stuff, and I get a train ticket, and the, then I try to ride the train, and it's just beeping angry at me. And this guy's like, oh, no, 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 you want, you want the – with that ticket, you have to ride the, the trolley upstairs. And I was like, oh, okay. So I have to schlep all the way to the other side of the train station. It's a big train station here. And then I get on the, the trolley there, finally figure out where it's supposed to be because I have no idea where it's supposed to be. And I get on, and I put my, tra- my ticket up to the sensor thing, and it still makes the angry noise. At that point, I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to ride the train. And if someone yells at me, I'm just going to say, I'm a tourist, and I'm confused and cute. And fortunately, yeah. uh, I was not a cost. But now now I have a, a, a chip card, and I can ride wherever I please. Ta-da! Hmm. You're, so we are on a video chat right now, which I'd say is now about 40 seconds out of sync. What? Uh, really? Sometimes, uh, oh wait, it just caught up. So what it's been, what it was doing is, uh, it would get way out of sync and then very rapidly uh, accelerate to catch up. So it made it look like a Japanese horror movie, where no, that's time would sort of stop of and then speed up very fast. Oh, oh yeah, I know that effect. I know that effect. And then uh, frames well, would drop out, and then uh, I would see the ringu, which is just your butthole. I'm sorry to have alarmed you with with that effect. <laughs> it is my guess. It's the- I have peered into the Ringu. Now, one Sometimes other thing that I don't think we were able to talk about last time because you were not complete, but you participated in a game jam. Yes, indeed. Jam that was tomorrow, fabulous. Jam I spoke to a lot of wonderful people uh, at the game jam. Uh, we made a game that is very incomplete, but uh, it, it has some interesting ideas. Uh, it's basically, the way that you play it, it's about uh, bodies and control and the irony of uh, being in collaboration with someone that you presumably like but also want to alter. Uh, so in the game, the way that you play is there are little puzzle rooms and you have to um, unlock them. Uh, and the way that you do that is each player can touch transformation triggers that change bodies but you can't change your own body. You can only change the body of the other player. So you'll be playing, and all of a sudden you'll sprout a new arm, or you'll get really big, or get really small, or you'll get a tail. And all of these things that you get change the way that you play. So, for example, a lot of this stuff isn't in the game but uh, because we didn't have enough time to do it. But when you get a tail, it's a donkey tail. And uh, so the donkey tail sticks to things because pin the tail on the donkey. And so you're able to drag stuff when you get the donkey tail. Uh, or when you get the octopus uh, tentacles, you're able to cling to things. And when you have uh, breasts, then you are able to defeat uh, your enemies because they just want to suckle on your nipples. Uh, oh. So that's the that's the very weird game that we made. And I feel pretty good about it. Uh, it's terribly incomplete and uh, easy to break because we only had, uh, we had two days to make it. But uh, some, some interesting ideas in there. It is uh, Dirty Snipper Clips. Were you able to play it? It's, it's called A Couple of Changes. Were you able to play I it? I have not been you. able to launch it yet. I will, okay. I will try to launch it on a device. It does require... I think we're using Xbox controllers. They're just plugged in via mm. USB. Uh, it's a, it, was, it was made in Unity, which, um, when watching uh, the guy uh, um, who was making it, uh, Unity seems pretty good. 
Uh, Unity is quite good. It has a relatively steep learning curve compared to uh, Microsoft Word, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a very versatile and robust engine. It did not seem that impenetrable to me. Uh, I was sitting next to um, one of the, the, the guy who was programming what we're doing, and I was able to pick it up pretty fast. I mean, I don't really know the syntax, but like he was having a problem like, oh, the, the lines that trace your path aren't drawing in. And I was like, oh, it looks like they're on the wrong layer. It looks like they're one layer behind the background. And it's mm. like, oh, well, I can't bring them to the front. And I said, well, if you change this thing, you'll be able to change the transparency, so you'll still be able to see it. And then you can put a second layer behind it of the background so it doesn't get it doesn't fade. So anyway, I was able to figure it out. It just looks like CSS to me or JavaScript. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, actually, I think you can use – can you use JavaScript? You have a few different options for what you want to actually code it in. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the tool set has a lot of things in common with things that you have used before. Uh, it's just the, uh, the, the the concepts are pretty portable. It's just the actual execution can be tricky. James, if you were going to make a sexy game, because that was the brief, we were to make a game about sex, love, and romance, what game would you make? Oh, my. Uh, well, obviously, it would be kind of like Stardew Valley, where you have to raise chickens and raise crops. From the chickens, you would acquire eggs, and then you would uh, process the crops into various oils, and then you would uh, find someone in town to romance and to marry. And after marrying them, you would pour the oil into their anus and fill them up with eggs. And on your wedding night, you would make mayonnaise. And the game would be called uh, Super Mother Mayo. Oh my god, James, you have to make that game. No, I don't. Yes, no, I don't. yes you do. When I get back, I want to I have a playable demo ready to go. Oh, you're going to have a playable demon. You should do it as a as a choose your own adventure. Do it in Hypercard. Remember Hypercard? Of course I do. You can't fool me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we should we should probably talk about some marriage stuff. Oh, but no, I, I should also so. tell you about some oh of the other goodness. games that people made. Oh my gosh, because people made yes, some really oh yes, yes. fascinating and also incredibly strange games. I got some B roll mm-hmm. of them demonstrating their games, uh, like video footage, and uh, boy, boy, it's weird. Mm-hmm. So there was one that was basically – so there was a lot of – these are mostly academics. And so there's a lot of very academic theory and explanation of the games. But one of them was basically just the um, Whose Line Is It Anyway game where you stick your arms through someone else's arms. Okay. Um, but oh, you play yes. – you play as the goddess and the creator, and the goddess is blindfolded, and the creator can only operate the goddess by touching her head, and by, t- by touching the person's head, you're steering their arms, and they're seated at a table with a bunch of drink-mixing things, and you have to make the person mix a drink. Uh, okay. and so it was just a wacky choose-your-own-adventure-let's-make-a-mess-with-food game. Uh, I said choose-your-own-adventure, I mean, whose line is it anyway? Sure. Is, it's, is this played on a screen or just in real life? In real life. We oh, okay, were the, okay. There were only two teams that made digital games. Everyone else made, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what to call them, meat space games? Sure. It's hard to do in two days to make a video game. Easier yes, to make a, something on paper or something that you just do with a, a body language. Ha. Huh. There was actually, there's one game that I really liked. And the way that it worked is two people sit opposite each other and they have... 12 cups in front of them and Mm. each cup has a different kind of food and uh what you do is you have a a computer this is one of the other digital ones you have a computer next to you that randomly generates prompts from a list of like 20 pre-written prompts 
And mm. uh, it says it, – it'll prompt you something like something that makes you think of humility or the first time I fell in love. And what you do mm-hmm. is you look at the options of the foods in front of you and you choose a food that reminds you of that. And then you share that with the person and uh, then you share the story of why that food made you think of that. It's not exactly a game in that it's not like competitive, but it's a, it's a rule-based interaction sure. that I found really interesting, a really interesting way to prompt conversation and dialogue and learn about somebody and have a sensory experience. Wow, what a thrill. I have had a- another idea for a game. The okay. $25,000 Eiffel Tower, where people sit face-to-face and somebody looks at a board behind them uh, arranged in a triangle. And it uh, on the triangle, it prompts them with a sex act. And the other player cannot see the board, and they must uh, act out the sex act and get the other player to say the name of it without being able to see. And when they say it, a little thing spins around and it goes, Ooh la la. <laughs> James, can there somehow be a tie-in with the James Bond movie where uh, Grace Jones is on the Eiffel Tower? Grace Jones, there was a cartoon Grace Jones, uh, and sometimes a live-action one, uh, sitting on top of the triangle, and uh, she's the one saying, ooh-la-la, but not with her mouth. Perfect. Almost Uh, perfect. I have another game for you, Matthew. This is fantastic. Yes, please. Mavis Beacon teaches fucking. All right. Uh, I think I got the gist of it from the title. Oh, do you? What is your words per minute? (laughs) What does she have to teach? What doesn't she have to teach? That woman has seen things. That woman has done things. That woman's fingers move at speeds that the human eye can barely even process. They become a blur as they dance across the ivories. She only types on ivory keyboards made out of... She's like data. uh, What was her name? Elephantiasis uh, stub cutaneous yep perfect elephantiasis your, subcutaneous your old friend uh, Ele- elephantio tenenbaum yep uh mavis beacon is able to manipulate the human body in ways that no one could possibly want she <laughs> moves so quickly over your flesh uh that it that it catches on fire <laughs> and then oh and then on high grace jones descends and urinates on you to put it out amazing that's uh, Grace Jones is in all your games, I assume. Absolutely, and Mavis uh, also then teaches uh, aftercare after she has Aww. set you aflame with her dancing digits. She uh, gives you uh, she she puts you to sleep. She smothers you by placing her vagina over your nose and mouth so you can't breathe. And then after you lose consciousness, uh, she dabs. She does the dance, but then she dabs at your forehead with a soiled cloth. This is strangely tender. Sure. I just she, like my buttle. Yeah, oh, it's a tender vittle. She gives and she takes away. With one hand, she fingers the perennium, and with the other hand, she's stealing your wallet. <laughs> oh, she's with, a For DLC. <laughs> uh, well, James, I want you to make all of these games while I'm away. And then when I come back, I'm going to play them, and I'm going to be like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is weird. Uh, but I like be. it. Uh, oh, I see. So, okay. Blah, 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 blah. We have uh, not spoken at all about marriage equality, and we're already a half hour into the into the show. So I need to I tell know. you about the DUP again. 
No, the dupes. The dupes. So, uh, the I party call them leader. The poops. Ha ha ha. Yes. The, the dupes are poops. The party leader, Arlene Foster. She's in charge of the DUP. Mm-hmm. Um, we're learning some things about her. Uh, okay. she, they've, they've been given more of a spotlight now that they've, they've got sort of a position of more power, or that they are to have that position soon. Maybe, or maybe Theresa May is going to be out of a job very soon because she's been having a rough time of it. Uh, there's just sure. a horrible tragedy in uh, England, and uh, it seems like her handling of it was as bad as it possibly could be. So mm. uh, who knows what's going to happen with the British government. Maybe they're going to have another election. Uh, anyway, Arlene Foster <laughs> is the head of the DUP. Turns out mm. that uh, a while back, uh, when Scotland legalized marriage, she specifically she wrote a letter to uh, the leaders in Scotland and asked them to stop Northern Ireland couples from uh, going over there and getting married. Uh, she tr- basically wrote a letter and, and said, okay, you've got marriage, and our people may try to go to Scotland and get married there, and uh, we don't want you to allow them. Basically, if, if someone has a civil union in Northern Ireland, uh, which you could get. We don't want you, Scotland, to allow them to turn that civil union into a marriage and then come back. Okay. Now, was that just for Scotland, though? Because was Scotland the first in the UK to get marriage, or could they have gone to Britain or Wales? Uh, or? That's a good question. I don't oh. know. I think uh, my understanding is that they have a special relationship with Scotland where oh. the, the laws are complicated, but it's they're more like um, they're more like states than Friends different countries. Benefits. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so there's, you know, there's a, there, there's a whole video about this, but there's the United Kingdom, there's Britain, there's England, there's the islands, there, you know, there's all these different things. There's the um, Wizarding World part, of Harry Potter. There is, and somehow it ended up in Florida, which is sort of this <laughs> liminal space between worlds. But my understanding is that, you know, they're all essentially semi-independent states within the United Kingdom. So there are some UK rules that apply to them, uh, Scotland and Northern Ireland. But I I don't think either of them are part of Britain, which I I think is England, Wales, and something else. Uh, Wait, I thought it was England, Wales, and Scotland? Oh, dear. Well, we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what uh, we're talking about. The the point of all this is that uh, we're just more terrible stuff about the DOP is coming out. Sure. uh, That... They are just like recently are doing what they can to stop LGBT couples from marrying. Well, how recent was that? That was about two years ago. Oh, that's quite recent. Yes. Well, I mean, I guess one thing that the dupes have going for them is that there's no mystery about what they're about. That is true. They're not trying They've to be cute clear. or equivoc- equivocate. Uh, they they wear it on their sleeve. They They don't like it and they don't believe that the world is old and uh you know yep you know what you're getting uh so there's going to be a protest in belfast on july 1st uh, mm-hmm. a marriage equality protest there so hopefully that'll have some impact uh people will notice uh there's a lot of agitation and frustration that northern ireland is the last little bit of the the empire or whatever you want to call it that that doesn't have mm-hmm. marriage equality so hopefully panty bliss will be there with uh with her panties so the dupes uh they are not the majority party in Northern Ireland, right? They're just they, there's just enough of them to obstruct the, to gum up the works, right? I think I'm not sure if it's a minority government where they they don't have 50 percent of the seats, but they still have right. more than everybody else. Um, okay, they have been able to stop marriage equality by filing what are called petitions of concern, basically filibustering. Uh, sure. 
So that's that's their thing. And they, they are fairly powerful in Northern Ireland. And now if they do form this coalition with Theresa May, she sticks around, uh, they will be fairly powerful in the UK. Right, right. I guess what I'm just trying to get a sense of um, is how supported are they in Northern Ireland? Like, are they Hmm. a small group that's able to use this filibuster-like tactic to obstruct the the government that otherwise would move forward with marriage? Or are they a majority party that reflects the views of most of the people of Northern Ireland? Does, like, by and large, do people in Northern Ireland want marriage and they're yes. obstructing it? Okay. Yeah, so I don't know how people feel about the DUP in Ireland, uh, in Northern Ireland, but uh, I have seen that uh, even in Northern Ireland where people are a little bit more religious and conservative, uh, there is fairly strong support for marriage equality. Okay. So uh, it's just like yeah. in uh, Australia where just politicians – oh, I spoke to an Australian the other day and I was like, what's oh. the deal with marriage equality? And uh, he mm-hmm. said it's basically what we've been saying. It's cowardice. Uh, and nobody wants to be the first one in their conservative party to be like, eh, okay, I guess I guess there are, there are better fights to have. Nobody wants to be the first one to stick their neck out and be like, all right, fine. All right. I, I guess – I mean I just don't understand when it seems like it's so popular publicly. But I guess – you know, representatives don't represent the general public. They represent their constituency. constituency and if yeah. they're worried about their constituency turning on them, uh, I can see why, you know, why, why stick their neck out for this, for, for the bum kiss. So the DUP, I just checked, uh, has 10 out of 18 seats in the House of Commons. Uh, oh, that's quite a few. So I guess that means, I guess that means they've got a slim majority there. Yeah. Uh, so also what else is going on? Oh, Theresa May, speaking of Theresa May. So mm-hmm. I want to debunk one thing. Uh, yes. there's been a quote going around attributed to her about fighting the scourge of lesbianism in schools. Yes. Not clear that she ever actually said that. That could be something that was made up. Uh, it's unsourced. Sure. There's no evidence. Uh, the closest anyone can find to there ever having been a record of her being interviewed about that was in a newspaper that doesn't have any archives. So unless somebody mm-hmm. has a moldy copy of that newspaper lying around, we'll never know. Uh, but so Theresa May may or may not have said something very unkind about like stopping the scourge of lesbianism in our schools in the 1980s. Uh, that having sure. been said, she has a bad record on LGBT stuff. Uh, more recently, she's come around a bit, but uh, she voted against adoption. She voted against marriage equality. She voted or, no, she voted for marriage equality, but against civil unions earlier. So it's mixed and it's just not 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 good, not good. Um, but so uh, this is very confusing. Oh, good. But, Someone on Twitter reported, Mm -hmm. here's what they say. Uh, So there's this uh, council or or committee or something called the 1922. And so it says a Tory Tory MP says that Theresa May reassured the 1922 that DUP views on LGB, what's the rest of it, would not affect government policy. So this was someone who couldn't remember LGBT, and it's unclear if that was Theresa May herself or the Tory MP who was uh, recounting this story. So it is just added to the confusion and anxiety and agitation about what lies ahead, Uh, and it's just extremely frustrating. uh, That sounds to me like very Prince Philip, um, but it also sounds like it could just be an honest mistake like i don't think the fact that they forgot the rest of the acronym or didn't know which letters we're using this year um or, or or you know just obviously it's it's not a thing that they are super duper concerned about in general so they yep. just it's not top of mind um I, I don't think somebody not remembering the whole acronym is a, is a 
sign that they're a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, but I, I don't know if that's evidence that they are out to do something uh, male factor. No, I don't think so. I think it just, uh, once again, highlights the swirling miasma of doubt and uncertainty uh, that is still hanging over this election. Uh, sure. We're a week on, and it's like, well, who's 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 running the show? Literally, who's running? Who's going to be running things? And also, yeah. uh, wh- what are their what are their plans? I mean, at least when you get the Republicans in office, they come in with a platform. When you get Democrats in office, they come in with a platform. Yeah, yeah uh, do they? Yeah, are they. Of course they do. Uh, I mean, okay. uh, specifically, I'm talking about like LGBT. So okay, okay. When Republicans come into office, you know, okay. Well, they say that uh, conversion therapy is is real and. Uh, that they want to cut AIDS funding or whatever. Uh, so they, they they have to declare their intentions ahead of time. Here, it's very yeah, unclear. Yes. I mean, I feel like this year, you know, sort of the dog caught the mail truck, and then they <laughs> were scrambling to figure out what they were going to do. Mm. Uh, and I think the same thing happened in England, where they blew everything up. And uh, again, the, the uh, was it UKIP or whoever was really pushing for Brexit? Uh, they got UKIP. it, and then they all quit. Um, yes. Because it was like, oh, whoops, we didn't think we'd actually, or, or, you know, yay, we got it. We blew it all up. Goodbye, everybody. Or it was like, oh, we didn't actually want this. Yeah. And there's just a Nigel Farage hole-shaped hole in the wall. Right. (sighs) Well, anyway, we'll see what happens. I'm going to be in the UK uh, in a few weeks, and uh, hopefully hopefully there'll there'll still be a country there. Uh, Sure. But uh, it seems like marriage isn't high on the list of things to blow up uh it yes it seems like there's enough confusion right now that Mm. undoing marriage equality would be a pretty low priority yes i think that's correct marriage is probably safe uh it's also probably not gonna advance in northern ireland it's it's hard to see a a pathway to that changing uh but it's good that people are still protesting and making noise about it uh Mm. there are of course all kinds of other LGBT issues, funding for public health programs, sure. anti-bullying initiatives, mm-hmm. aid, for, you know, foreign aid for nonprofits. I sure. see in the U.S., um, you know, social services and, and data collection on social services, where, mm-hmm. where the Trump administration stopped collecting data on how LGBTs are, are accessing human services. So mm-hmm. there's still lots that can be done, and a conservative party can still do lots of harm without going after marriage. Sure. And I know that uh, trans people getting services from the NHS can be an issue as well. Yes. So uh, uh, probably not going to be a lot of positive movement on that. Probably not. Um, So that's the UK. We've also got some news from Switzerland. Not much news, just that Switzerland is considering marriage equality. They don't have marriage there yet. They Mm -hmm. have, uh, let's see, I don't think they even have, no, they have no relationship recognition. Nope, sorry, they do. They have civil unions. Uh, Oh, okay. It's it's Serbia that doesn't have any recognition, which we're going to be talking about next. Oh. But uh, so yeah, so Switzerland thinking about marriage. Uh, mm. There's some opposition from a member of parliament named Yves Nidegger. Yves okay. Nidegger. Uh, okay. He says to replace the word union for people who, by definition, cannot procreate, is not only absurd but dangerous. Mm. Okay, and uh, yeah. I assume he elaborates and makes a very strong case to that effect. No, it's just, you know, rhetoric, rhetoric, rhetoric. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's the same stuff that we heard here. Oh, it's changing the definition and it's for procreation and people will, it'll dismantle the family and straight people will be less likely to get married and have kids in stable families. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's only recently, it's just last year uh, that Switzerland legalized adoption 
uh, for, but only for gay couples who uh, are in a civil union. So okay. if you, and, and only for an, a child that comes to the civil union with one of the partners. So huh, okay. if you form a civil union with someone who has a kid from a previous relationship, uh-huh. you can adopt, the, the new partner can adopt that kid. Okay. But otherwise, uh, gay people cannot adopt, they cannot uh, be surrogate parents. Uh, Interesting. The news article that uh, I was reading about this phrased this in an interesting way, and I don't know if this is a European idiom that I just don't understand, uh, but when last year they legalized that adoption, uh, it says, quote, at the time, some MPs opposing the move said they feared it was a salami tactic that could lead to legalizing (laughs) adoption for single gay people in surrogacy. Hmm. What is a salami tactic? I think that might be my new erotic video game. Salami, salami tactics. tactics. Salami tactics advance. Salu- super salukami salami tactics advance. Perfect. It's set what in is Star the premise Wars of the planet. game? What? Great. What is? What is? How do you play? Uh, what you do is there is a, a little chef man with a little hat, and he moves from square to square, and you play as a salami. And you have to move from kitchen island to kitchen island, hiding. He'll he'll turn around and he'll occasionally try to catch the salami and put it in a sandwich, I like but this. Uh, or a sandwich, if you will. But when he's turned around, you can go up his butt if you're within enough squares. I definitely and like this. He goes. And you get a point. And those are your salami tactics. There is uh, salami tactics advance to wars where two chefs, each armed with a salami, stand on a levitating platform and try to knock each other off by slapping each other in the face with giant tubes of salami. Uh, And those tubes of salami are sentient and say, why? 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 With every hit. That sounds great. And also, again, very romantic, but there's no Grace Jones. No, you can, if, uh, if the chef is yawning, the opponent chef, you can shove the salami in his mouth. Uh, well, naturally. That's, that's, the, just, that's a that's salami tactic. That's I do tactic. I see somebody yawn. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, <laughs> and that gives you a bonus. He will poo out a little golden uh, croissant. And if you eat the croissant, you become supersonic. You go Super Saiyan, and uh-huh. all the Chaos Emeralds swirl around you, and you become pregnant. James, speaking of fine cuisine, I just have to show you what I've got on my desk here. Oh, my. Uh, we're, we're connecting this via Skype, so you can see. Yes. I have Stroopwafels. Stroopwafels are very good. They've just been, they've been taunting me this whole conversation. They're just very, very stuff good. them all in my mouth. Sure. Yeah. Crinkly, crunchy foods are the best for broadcast excellence. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, people love to hear eating right in their ears as close as possible the asmr of the wet humid mouth sounds slapping and slurping would you like me to make stroop waffles when i come home uh you know you've offered that uh, yeah it seems like they might be tricky to make but uh i don't know i'm looking at the ingredients that's pretty I straight i don't think it's the ingredients i think it's the technique to make 12 stucks you start with tarwoblum Glucolo- okay. Glucose fructose stroop, rumboder, sucre, which I assume is sugar, mm. palmvet, sucre stroop, tarvesel, ropoli, sonibloom, zoot, emulgator. It's going to require some more research, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't know where of- to get stroop. Oh. And it I- seems like there's a lot of stroop involved. There is. It's very. It's a stroopy meal. 
Serbia. Serbia just got where Stroop comes from. Yep, that's the source of all Stroops. They just got their first gay prime minister, only the fifth openly queer uh, uh, world leader uh, in in history. Uh, Her name is Anna B R N A B I C Brnabic. I will not attempt it. Uh, So uh, she's a she's a lesbian and she's running Serbia. Serbia is a rough place for queer people. Uh, In 2012, 48 percent said that being gay is an illness. There's no relationship recognition, uh, but they did uh, decriminalize homosexuality in 1994, about a decade ahead of the U.S. So huh. good for them there. Well, uh, okay. So, I mean, if that's the prevailing attitude, how is it that uh, this woman became prime minister? I don't know. I was looking for that, and I couldn't find anything about it. Like, were people freaked out about it? Did she just make not make a, not make a big deal about it? I don't mm. know. Uh, it's remarkable, and I'm going to be very interested to see. I don't expect... That she's going to be like, all right, here I am. Get ready for some dyke legislation. Uh, well, but sure. I, I will be interesting to see, like, what effect it has on public opinion if having a openly queer prime minister uh, results in people becoming more accepting or maybe less accepting. Perhaps. I mean, I do think, and, and I don't want to in any way deminimalize the homophobia that uh, women who love and hug and kiss women experience but i do think that sometimes when it when it comes to homophobia there's this attitude that a a woman hugging and kissing a woman is not sex like it doesn't count that uh that's that's fine in fact it ooh, it it even gets me a little hot under the collar Uh, edwin likes it uh, yes um Edwin can't get enough lesbian on lesbian action. Uh, but I do think sometimes with, with the homophobia, there's the attitude that unless there's a penis, it's not really sex. It doesn't really right. count. Uh, it's just women having fun and being kind of sexy and flirty. Uh, like that uh, study that came out of Greece recently where they um, they studied heterosexuals to find out where lesbianism comes from. And what? their conclusion was that lesbianism evolved in humans to titillate men. No. Uh, and they came to this conclusion by polling straight people. Good. Good. Uh, good so good anyway, tactics. I mean, I think, though, that is sort of good kitchen a, an example of, of people's differences in the way people sometimes, again, obviously, uh, women have been treated very badly. Uh, for their sexuality, for their gender, for all sorts of reasons. Um, Not saying that they have a swell time and are free from homophobia at all. But I think homophobia can take different forms when it comes to a a penis in a butt versus uh, women doing their thing. Yeah, I think that's about right. Uh, And and it's unfortunate. That's misogyny. And uh, yeah, that there's there's not the stigma for women. There's with with men. There's a stigma of like, well, they're 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 predators, and uh, people don't expect that of women. And uh, also, I guess don't take women's sexual agency as seriously. So I think that could be. It's possible in Serbia that um, she just did not seem as threatening uh, as a a gay man running would have been. Sure. I mean, I think there's this thing. There's this thing. Here's my theory Mm -hmm. is that there is nothing worse that a person can be than someone who has had a dick in them. That is the lowest thing in, in, in a lot of our society and a lot of our culture. Somebody who willingly... And and willingly here can even be a little fussy, but we'll just say willingly. Someone who lets a dick in them 
has been ruined and debased and there, there's nothing worse than to be a person who has received a penis mm-hmm. so if you're a woman by default if you're a heterosexual woman you you are a vessel for a penis you are lower than low if you are a man who would let a penis in you you are essentially making yourself a woman which since you are choosing to do that you are even worse than a woman uh and I, I think we see that in expressed in many different ways. And if there is no penis involved, uh, it's sort of like, oh, well, that's just playtime. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's not real. They're not really doing anything. They're, oh, oh, girls will be girls. Yeah. And, but then the, the introduction of the penis, I, I guess, uh, introduces a sense of ownership in men frequently. Uh, and also a... Um, uh, indication of status that whoever whoever gets it is um, subservient or submissive or weaker or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but whoever does the penetrating is the one in charge, uh, right? Which is silliness. Yeah, it's a, it's a power thing. It's a status thing. It shows where you are in society. If you if you accept the penis, then whoever put the penis in you is higher status just by default. Well, the, the, the patriarchy is pervasive and, and ever-present, I suppose. And probing. And probing. Oh, delicious. I mean, and that's the thing, is, is the terrible secret. It's not a terrible secret at all. The, the delicious secret is that uh, to receive a penis can be, can be a wonderful, beautiful, fabulous thing. Uh, it's to be a celebrated. birthday present. It's a, is that what you're going to get me for my birthday? I am going to get you uh, an egg and some oil. <laughs> and I'm going to put on yakety sacks, and we're going to have a lovely evening. James, I miss you so much, and if that's what we did, I'd be so happy. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You, I... you you would not be happy. <laughs> at this point, at this point, I miss you so much, James. You're going to make fun, and you're going to hoot at me, but I am physically aching with how much I miss you. Oh, you you can sit on a traffic cone, and you'll be fine. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good replacement. You do have a cone hat. I could just pretend that it's you underneath the cone. Uh, sure. Uh, no, I just, I miss you a lot. And your silliness and your antics and your weirdness and uh, the way My that antics. you know how to make me laugh. I, I, I like a lot about, I like, uh, I like a lot about you. I am a delight. You, you are. You're a pizza. <laughs> uh, well, one more news item for this week. Speaking of a couple's affection for each other, it is the 50th anniversary of Loving v. Virginia. So congratulations mm-hmm. to everyone involved in that. That, of course, was the case that challenged and eventually overthrew anti-miscegenation laws throughout the country uh, 50 years ago. What is a miscegenation? Oh, boy. That's the... Um, Ban- the bans on uh, interracial marriage. So mm-hmm. uh, Richard Loving and I want to say, no, Richard Richard something and Mildred Loving was that the name? I can't remember which I one was Loving. I don't know the first names. Anyway, yeah. it was Richard and Mildred and I can't remember which was Loving and which wasn't. But uh, they got married and then Virginia said, if you're going to get married, we're going to arrest you. And so lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. And mm-hmm. then they we had to get rid of those laws. And it wasn't until sure. the 1990s that a majority of Americans actually – thought that it was okay to have an interracial marriage. So uh, sometimes the courts lead the way. Uh, 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 Yes, uh, very much so when it comes to civil rights things. And something that I think is often forgotten is that religious arguments were frequently used to justify these laws. Yeah. In the, the, like, lower court rulings that, uh, I I can't remember exactly the wording, but it's just 
appalling when you look at it. The, the lower court said something like this. One judge said, um, oh, was this the, 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 the Bilbo, the judge whose last name was Bilbo? I think it was. It was like Edwin Bilbo. Oh, he ruled wow. something like uh, Almighty God made the races white, Malay, red, and yellow and placed them on separate continents for a purpose. And But for our interference, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like the most jaw-dropping racist stuff you could possibly imagine uh, coming from a federal judge. Well, sure, but but religiously rooted, and yes, the yes. same kinds of arguments that we hear against same-sex marriage are, are very much the same kinds of arguments that at the time were being used against interracial marriage. And today, a lot of people who are opposed to same-sex marriage, if you bring up interracial marriage as as a for example, uh, will say, "Well, that's totally different. That was just racism. That wasn't about religion. This is a matter of faith. This is a matter of religious freedom. These are, you know, deeply held, personal, sincere beliefs uh, about tradition what it says in the Bible." Um, yeah, and it, the definition of what marriage is and what it means to, you know, procreate and continue our continue our lines and that sort of thing. Um, I, I mean, these these arguments that are religiously based uh, nowadays. Uh, I think there's a lot of intentional distancing of uh anti-miscegenation laws and religion uh a lot of people today try to separate them in the same way that uh i I mean i guess surprise surprise that this falls in the same ballpark people try to separate the civil war from slavery Ah, and say that it was about federal overreach it was about economics uh it was not about the war wasn't fought over slavery it was fought over these other issues and and i think in the same way they try to say that uh bans on interracial marriage were not based on these or at least religious justifications weren't used as a basis for why these laws were necessary. Um, but there, if you go back and look at them, like, you just need to swap a few words. Uh, a few of the nouns need to change, and it's the same arguments that yep. are used against same-sex marriage. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's uh, absurd to think of, like, I mean, it's unimaginable to think that within the lifetimes of people who are alive today, I like to, to imagine within our lifetimes that people could be arrested for marrying someone of the opposite sex, I mean, for marrying someone of, the, of a different race, uh, it's so crazy. And because that's just the climate that we've grown up in. But we also grew up in a climate where there's ongoing debate about marriage for same-sex couples. And you're right that it's just exactly the same arguments. And again, it's not really about – it's never really about like – someone's intense devotion to the Bible. It's not like they really sure. believe that the Bible is the, I mean, not to cast aspersions. I'm sure a lot of people really do believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. And, but, you know, if, if they really believe that you have to follow everything in the Bible, there's a lot of weird stuff in there that nobody actually follows. So, you know, it's, it's because they've been told, well, part of your religion is making life difficult for this group. And, in this decade, this is the group that we're making life difficult for, and so everyone just kind of goes along with that. It's it's uh, it's the emperor's new clothes, only with marriage. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, the way I would look at it is that they thought interracial marriage was gross. They didn't like it. They didn't like people who weren't white marrying into this into whiteness. Um, they didn't want. They were afraid of losing their daughters to brown people. They were afraid of their their sons getting hustled by brown people. Uh, they they were afraid that something was going to come in and and ruin their whiteness. Essentially, mm-hmm. uh, it was a scary thing. And I think the religion is just. 
a justification. It's they, they, there was no rational reason to be afraid of this attack on whiteness. You're right. Uh, unless you, unless you want to go right to the, to the, like, you know, white supremacy well. But I think even at the time of the 50s and 60s, like, a, a lot of people weren't comfortable jumping there. A lot of people were. But a lot of people who wanted to think of themselves as good, decent, uh, people didn't want to jump to white supremacy. So they had to jump to something else to explain this profound discomfort and this sense of their identity coming apart and being attacked. And religion is a way to feel like a good person while doing and a bad thing. oppose something. Right. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with same-sex marriage. They, they think gay sex is gross. And primarily gay sex between men is gross. Not that women don't suffer as well. But I, I think that... Uh, you know that that gay sex is disgusting and and they 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 don't understand it and it freaks them out and i think there's also this idea of again it's going to make my son gay it's going to make my daughter gay if if my kids know they can be gay they might be gay and that's gross and weird to me and that's an attack on our identity and our family and what we're all about and so you can either jump to uh you know god well not, not even that you can either jump to hating gay people just on the face of it or again if you want to feel like a good person you want to feel like a decent person you have to come up with some excuse that justifies you being good and decent and religion gives you that it's yeah i don't hate anybody i love them and but i'm i love and them by telling them than religion yeah i i i love them by telling them they're doing wrong because i'm trying mm. to help them it's a helpful loving thing it wouldn't be loving to let them get married that that would be that would be cruel right it would, it would be it's letting them similar. throw their soul away it would be letting them destroy themselves it would be yeah. letting them corrupt others and, uh the loving thing to do is to stop them yep and the other similarity that I see there is that uh, there's there's sort of a redefinition anxiety that they're going to uh, – God, it, it pains me to say these words – pollute the race or that they're going to cheapen the institution of whiteness. I mean the, the parallels between they're going to redefine marriage and, and change the inst- institution of marriage, it's just – it's so clear how similar it is and that the anxiety is exactly the same. Yeah, and now we've come out the other side of the wormhole, which I, I, I like. I, if you had told me ten years ago this was going to be a fucking thing, I, I wouldn't have believed it. But maybe I should have. Uh, that we've come out the other side of the wormhole, where now like people open, like it's now open and somewhat acceptable to debate a concept like white genocide, which ten ten years ago, fifteen years ago would have been so fringy. Like, it wouldn't have ever come up in any kind of mainstream forum. But now we have people in the highest positions and the most public positions and with the bulliest of pulpits who, you know, not only are comfortable debating that idea, but are comfortable advocating for it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I've been telling people here in Europe about uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the U.S. I mean, they're aware, but, you know, I was trying to describe the bathroom ban stuff, and you have never seen so many confused Europeans uh, when I'm, like, trying to explain, and they're like, so why do they want that? And, like, specifically, what do they think will happen? Mm -hmm. You know, like, just the, the insanity of it. Uh, what's going on in the U.S. And I mean, it, at least it gives me some optimism that being over here to see that like, all right, well, this isn't like a worldwide thing and it's a thing that can be recovered from and bad things can happen. I mean, if Europe has had some dark times that it's moved through, 
so I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it gives me a sense of uh, hope that, you know, I see good stuff here like in Copenhagen, uh, the pride organization there. Things are so good in Denmark for LGBTs that now the um, LGBT organizations are essentially – um, renting themselves out. They're going to other countries to be like, here's what we did. Here's how we accomplished it. Let us help you. Uh, hmm. And that's that's real nice. That's great. Uh, well, I think you were saying that the gay neighborhood in Copenhagen, um, like it's it, the bars and stuff weren't quite so... Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you can describe it, but you, you were saying that it, it seemed like it was just so not a big deal. Yeah, that uh, it's it, it, definitely... There's barely even a gay neighborhood. I mean, there's sort right. of a concentration of gay establishments but they're it's not like the castro it's everything's all mixed in there's a rainbow flag here a rainbow flag there same thing in amsterdam uh, a lot of places mm-hmm. have actually closed and few have opened to replace them so a rainbow flag here a rainbow flag there a neighborhood that was kind of queer uh but it's not like you know even capitol hill in seattle which was never like the gay mecca like provincetown or, or Greenwich village at least we've got those rainbow crosswalks sure but it's it's just not really a, a they, they don't do gay ghettos. They don't, gay, they don't do neighborhoods here, like like in the U.S. Right, and that's, I mean, the the impression I get, and correct me if I'm wrong, is because they're not necessary. Yeah, well, I think the necessity is different. I think okay. gay people will always have, and there will always be a necessity to find each other and meet up, and there will always be difference. Uh, well, th- that, that will always be a thing. But th- but there isn't the necessity for the sort of safe. Like right. sort of the difference is different from storm. persecution. So the the fear of someone's going to do something terrible to us uh, produces a very different effect. And I mean, the the one upside to it, I guess, is that it it really makes you circle your wagons and get close and and form your bonds with your tribe. Right. Uh, but just being oh, we're different, and but in a way that doesn't like completely make us different. You know, it's not like we we're we're biker mice from Mars. Uh, you know that there there can be there can be like gay enclaves, but it's not like and now you're safe. Now it's just more like and now you'll make some friends. Well, right. I think when you're in and and you know I maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think when you're in a, a, a place, generally, be it a city or a country or a state or whatever scale you're talking about, where you know you're going to be accepted, and if not fully accepted, at least fully tolerated. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're, you're not going to be attacked or harassed, uh, that you can express yourself the way you want to express yourself and people won't care one way or another. Right. There, there isn't that same need to band Assert. together and have safety in numbers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. And you know, like I said, I've only explored two cities so far, but next week I'm going to be in Paris. Week after that, I'm going to be in Madrid. Then the week after that, I'll probably be in London for Pride. Uh, then I'll be back in Amsterdam. Then I'll be in Berlin. Then I'll be in Amsterdam. Then I'll be in London. Then I'll be in Reykjavik. And then I'll be in Seattle. And then I'll be in oh, Philadelphia. Oh, my goodness. That's quite a lot of travel. What? Anything you're particularly looking forward to? Well, let's see. I'm going to a dance performance tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting. Paris, I'm meeting a bunch of journalists. And there's going to be a big march while I'm there. Uh, what else? London, of course, I'm going to be there for Pride. I'm excited for that. I'm going to see Kitty Powers. Uh, we're making arrangements for me to do, uh, collect some video footage of her while I'm there. So that's going to be mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Berlin. Oh, I'm talking to a bunch of game designers in Berlin. So I'm excited for oh. that. I'm going to be talking to a bunch of game designers in Utrecht here in the Netherlands um, oh. about how they can more effectively talk to journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be a fun thing to talk about. And Reykjavik, I'm just... I'm. I'm excited for how small town and cute 
Reykjavik looks. Like it's a, sure. it's a city, sure, but it's not a big city. And so mm. uh, I've actually um, had a bunch of recommendations for people to meet up with there. So mm. that's going to be very pleasant, I think. Are you going to be there for Pride? Yep, I'll be there for the Pride Parade. Am I remembering correctly that, like, everyone comes out to Pride? It's not yes. just an LGBT It's something crazy, thing? like 30% of Iceland attends a Pride Parade. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, that, if you want to, you know, talk about a, a show of acceptance, 30% of the population coming out to celebrate Pride, uh, not yep. bad. And I think they had the second openly queer world leader. I think they uh, had the second openly queer uh, prime minister in the, mm-hmm. in the world. So and here's something I, I don't understand about. There are many things I don't understand about this country, especially at the moment. But what, there seems to be this obstinate refusal to look at other countries hmm. that have accepted queerness and have accepted other forms of expression and identity and that sort of thing. And where the population generally is just like, who cares? And mm-hmm. nothing bad happens and in fact uh, many of these countries you know i know correlations not causation i'm not saying because of their acceptance of of queerness they're doing well but many of these countries are the top of all the things so i don't know maybe there's maybe there is some correlation worth looking at between an open accepting tolerant society uh that is cool with people expressing themselves how they how they express themselves and not interfering with that sort of thing and supporting them socially and uh, good outcomes for, for a place. Yeah. Well, I think there's a tendency to have blinders in the U S I mean, certainly in my case, like I've never been outside the U S before and just being in another country really, it it, it changes you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like these are secrets. It's, it's not a, it's not a secret that it changes the way you think James. Like you, you, it's very easy for someone to, just think that the world ends at the United States and the way that people do things in, in Paris, uh, those people are aliens and it, it has no bearing on the, you know, because Parisians are fundamentally different from Americans. So it's great that they can have trans people go into bathrooms over there without committing crimes, but Americans are different. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it does seem to me like the information is out there and you can choose to engage with well that's the thing they, they, or you they, can what they want, what they want is to have their feeling of this is gross validated and Correct. they have found a way to do that and what else what else could they ask for i mean that, that's that's all they need they they've got what they need right there and so right of course they're resistant to anything that challenges what they believe to be true and what they believe what they feel to be gross sure so oh well uh I can do this thing, you know, just ride that slow moral arc towards justice and, and hope it gets you there eventually. Or yeah, move you know, to a sometimes, country. sometimes an, an arc, uh, it, you know, it can be kind of a little parabola that goes up and then back down. Uh, Are you describing I don't know. salami tactics? Yeah, the force of, of, of gravity. Um, sometimes, you know, there's, there's different shapes that can form. So maybe, you know, it, maybe the arc the arc bends for a while and then starts to starts to go in a different direction. I guess the arc just needs a firm hand. Well, a, a, a tiny, tiny firm hand. <laughs> no, yes. A good hand though. It needs, it needs well, the good people to, to steer it in the right direction to, well, to slap the what, tiny hands away. I don't know what they're doing. They, uh, they're out to lunch. Hmm. Out to lunch. 
You're, you're making me hungry. Uh, I actually, I am very hungry. I need to get myself some food. James, I know you've been eating uh, stroop waffles. I, 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 they're staring right at me, but they're too crinkly for me to eat. I want to stuff them in my mouth. Oh, yeah, it's like a salami, like the salami tactic. Mm-hmm. So that's about it for business this week, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow along with my travels through Europe at Matt Baum on Twitter. If there are things that I should be made aware of, uh, people that I should talk to, issues that I should cover, artists, activists, creators, writers, whatever, politicians, let me know. At Matt Baum on Twitter is the best way to reach me. You can also uh, leave a review for the show on iTunes. That's always a delight. And uh, you can watch James live stream every now and then. He's at Twitch.tv/slash Pretty Pretty Pixel. James, it's been a great comfort for me every time you go on. Line. Every time I see a little notification on my on my phone that says uh, that you've gone live, it makes me so happy to watch you. Well, you have seen me read Model Land, and that yeah. has made some people unhappy, but uh, it has made other people uh, less unhappy. It, it fills me with delight. I feel very nice when i can watch you live stream and even yeah. recorded uh sometimes uh, because you know i like to fall asleep while you live stream uh oh, sometimes dear. i'll just put on one of your live streams that have been recorded and even though it's it's not interactive because it's in the past uh, i'll fall asleep listening to the sound of your voice playing uh elbow scrolls online absolutely the elbow scrolls okay i need to uh toddle on off to the kitchen and make myself a food and you, I don't know, what are your plans for the evening? I guess the day? It's, it's the, the daytime day, for you. The day is dawning. Uh, what is it, Saturday? That doesn't yeah. really matter because I don't leave the house. Um, I think uh, a video game is going to arrive in the mail, yeah. so oh. I will probably put it in a device. I'm excited to watch you play. I might or I might not. You'll see what uh, happens. You. Oh, and next week we're going to talk about the March on Washington. Uh, the National Organization for Marriage this week uh, is, or this weekend is going to be doing their, their March on Washington. We'll, so we'll see how that works out. They, uh, do you remember they used to say they, they were trying to organize a $2 million for marriage? 2 okay. m for M. Uh, ah. <laughs> those days are, yes, yes. Those days are long M, gone. Uh, <laughs> the last time, the last March they had, I think there were 200 people there. So their, okay. their $2 million has dwindled a bit. Well, I mean, they got two of something. They got two of something. Yeah, they, they sure do. Marvelous blintzes. Okay, mm. uh, I must depart. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, as always, for joining. By the power vested in me by the internet, I pronounce this podcast over. I pronounce it under. <laughs>